Yeah, so I'm up north this week. It's uh, I, I'm like the Jon Snow gif, you know, where he's mm-hmm. like standing on the wall in the snow and he's just like looking completely miserable. That's basically what the weather is in Pennsylvania right now. Well, uh, yeah, I got nothing. Uh, I mean, I'm in shorts, so. <laughs> I hate you. Thank you for making my day worse. Anyway, welcome back to the South End Zone. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm with Eric Mulher, as always. Eric, what's going on, man? It's uh, been, what, four, three, four days? How, how was your weekend? It, it was good. I, yeah, I think four days. Getting uh, getting some stuff done. Keeping busy, not too busy. Uh, had a volleyball tournament Saturday. My ears are still recovering. Oh, uh, it's just man. big. 40,000 40,000 screaming teenage girls. It felt like 40,000. I, I mean, it wasn't really, but it's a, <laughs> it's a big facility down in Jacksonville. And there's like, there's five courts lined up side by side down one end. And then on the other side, there's another five courts or actually six courts um, down the one side. And then there's one kind of crossways at the end in between the two. So 12 courts there was a game going on every court at all times we got there at <laughs> noon and then left at around 8 30 so all right well how many xanaxes did you have to take during the proceedings i was pretty good during the proceedings is uh really my biggest issue is fine just getting comfortable right you got you got kind of metal bleachers i'm a tall guy so those don't always work for me and i could try to split my time between sitting down and standing up walking you know staying loose but uh <sighs> No, it, it was good. And then we had basketball that morning. So my son's rec league team, uh, they won by about 18-ish. So mm. it's a good bounce back for them because they got drummed uh, in game <laughs> one. I didn't think I you could lose a, a basketball game by 35 with six-minute quarters, but but they did that their first game. It was rough. Well, you know, nobody thought TCU could lose by 60 uh, in the national championship, but that right. also happened. It's uh, actually what it felt like. <laughs> that's not good not good at all but uh yeah well i had a 14 hour drive today and uh i'm you know or well not today i didn't do all of it today but anyway i've driven 14 hours in like the last 20 so shit happens and uh this week we're gonna do the big 10 we said we were gonna do the acc and the big 10 but after we looked at it we were like shit man that's way too many teams we ain't got time for that plus we do have them uh we need to go through the emails it's been quite some time since we've read yeah, we're the listener comments and we're well overdue and we apologize for that so we're gonna jump right into that right out of the gate because i haven't really seen much breaking news other than stuff that we're actually going to address in some of these questions the first one is pretty straightforward, and it's basically who do we think is going to be the Ole Miss starting quarterback next year? Eric, I'll let you handle that first. Uh, that's that's an excellent question. I wish I had a good answer. Um, I don't think we're going to know. My guess is what we're going to see is we're going to see spring ball and some sort of open competition between Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders. And uh, I don't know why the kid's name from LSU is escaping right now. Uh, Howard? Walker Howard, Howard? Yeah, Walker Howard. Uh, so one of those guys is going to, my guess is kind of distinguish himself a little bit and maybe put, pull himself a little bit ahead of the pack. One of those guys is going to probably be told they're the clear number three and he's going to leave after spring ball. Uh, if I had to place money on which of those three guys is going to take this, the, the first snap of the season in week one, I think my money would be on Spencer Sanders. Really? I think so. I, I think he wouldn't have transferred there unless he 
was given reason to believe that he had a, a really, really good chance at that job. And I think they wouldn't have gone after him in the portal if they wanted Jackson Dart to be the guy next year. I don't know that I agree with that because I think Kiffin is, you know, just like anybody else, he wants depth at the quarterback position. I, I would lean towards Jackson Dart keeping the job. I mean, if you look at his stats, he wasn't bad, man. I mean, he, no, he, wasn't. he completed 62% of his passes, 2,900 yards, 20 touchdowns to 11 picks, a 143 QB rating. So not terrible, man. I mean, no, uh, I think on balance, it, he probably had a better year than Spencer Sanders did. Uh, Probably so. And now Spencer Sanders in the Kiffin offense, maybe, but I mean, you know, my take on Spencer, Spencer Sanders, man, I, I think he's weak. I think he's overrated. I think he can't stay healthy. And that's the big problem for him, man. He hasn't quarterbacked a full season at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we think that he would start now. So I think this is a Max Johnson to LS to Texas A&M situation where he goes in and he's not the starter and maybe Dark gets hurt because he's also injury prone and spent and Sanders gets forced into action. That could happen. I could see that, but yeah, I, I would lean more towards Dark keeping the job personally. Well, I think if it were me, I would have just run it back with Jackson. I thought he played well enough last year to, okay, I'm comfortable moving forward with him uh, and they have some really good pieces on offense. I just, I look at why would Spencer Sanders transfer to Ole Miss? Um, I can't, and I just cannot imagine that he would transfer there if he had really much or even any doubt that he wasn't going to play. <laughs> I don't know, man. I and and whether that's him maybe deciding that himself or somebody telling him that or leading him on. That, oh well, <laughs> you know that leading him on. I mean that that's going on all over college football. I'm sure, right. but I, I think it's more along the lines of he was ready to get the fuck out of Oklahoma State because shit is going south there in a hurry. And that you know that could be part of. It. You can you know there's 130 other schools other than Oklahoma State. If you want out, you can find one that doesn't have a returning starter and another guy <laughs> that they already took in the portal. That's true. So I don't, I don't know. Indeed. Well, yeah, I would lean towards dark. You're leaning towards Sanders. We'll see what happens in the spring. I, Walker Howard. I don't know, man. I, I don't know much about the kid other than, you know, he's pretty highly touted esque mm -hmm. and has a lot of talent, but how does that translate? I mean, does he come out of nowhere and take the job? I don't know. Well, well see I mean, it's not, it's not impossible, but I, my guess is they view him as more of a, Hey, we're going to get him kind of, you know, work on development for a year, maybe get him in the weight room or work on this with the mechanics or something. They see something in him, obviously. Uh, I don't know that they are going to see enough to start him week one, but I think they maybe view him more as a 2024 guy. Hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. All right. Next one. A couple of Alabama questions here. The first one, I, and I'm going to let you answer this one because I, you know, my take is sort of irrelevant and it's fan sided. And uh, I would rather get a. I don't think it's irrelevant. I would get a not well, yeah, maybe not irrelevant, but it's a little bit fan sided. So I, I would rather get a non biased opinion okay. here. This one is How do you think Saban will come back after the crush job by David Pollock on the national championship halftime set? Okay. I might be in the minority here. I don't think that anything David Pollock said is going to cause Nick Saban to approach 2023 any differently than he already was going to based on the results on field during the season. And, yeah, I, you know, I disagree I, with that. I feel like that's one of those things he just files in the back of his head but doesn't approach shit any that, differently. Now, that might be something he brings up like in a pregame speech or during team meetings or something during the year, right, to his players. Yeah, now see he that. Does, yeah, but he does I, do you that. You cannot convince me, though, that Nick Saban's mindset about what <laughs> his program needs to do next year and what they want their goals to be and their expectations and how they're going to go about it. None of that shit changed when David Pollock said that. No. 
No, 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 no. I mean, it's a process. I'm in complete agreement with you here. I I personally don't think that Nick Saban gives two shits what uh, David Pollack thinks about his program or anybody, frankly. I think Saban is just, you know, going to do shit his way. Anybody who thinks that Alabama is not going to be relevant in the playoff conversation every year, as long as Saban is the coach, is just they haven't been paying attention to football. So they may not make it every year, just like they did in this year, but they're going to be relevant in the conversation pretty much yeah. every well, year. Well, they'll be in discussion and they'll, they won't have their fate decided or they won't be eliminated until basically all the playing is done really anytime real soon. I can't see them. I mean, even this year, there was, there was a question with the two losses going into the iron bowl that eh, maybe they, maybe they get in, maybe they don't. Yeah. All right. Uh, another one. Now this one, I do have a take on. One of these was where do we think Bryce Young ends up in the draft? Okay, I, I, I mean, real quick on that note, I just based on his tiny stature, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't take him with the first overall pick if it were me. I mean, he's got a great arm. He's got a he's a real cerebral dude, but just the small stature. Personally, I wouldn't take him with the first pick. I would probably lean towards you know a different. It, I, I would wait and try to get a quarterback in free agency rather than draft like CJ Stroud or someone like that. I right. mean, my, I, so, I could be in the minority there though. No, I don't think so. I think what we're going to find, because they, if any, anyone who watched their bowl game against Kansas state uh, and listened, you know, so, there are certain announcer groups where I watch a game and it's on mute. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I didn't mute that one. The announcers, gosh, I don't know, probably five, six times talked about potential or probable or almost certain one, one or first overall pick. And I don't, a, I think it it depends on who's picking because the Bears, uh, I believe, are picking first, and they're not going to take a quarterback. I don't think. I mean, well, not unless they move the one they got. I mean, they're they're not obviously quarterback needy like other teams, like maybe Indianapolis or Carolina is still. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I, mean? I think so we're who, still who we're picks? deep into the Justin Fields experience uh, experiments, right? Still. And he's shown flashes. He may be. You know, depending on what they think, I guess he has shown enough flashes for them to maybe think because he has nobody around him. Like that team right. is terrible, but yeah, it's going to depict uh, depend on who picks where. There's going to be some trades. There's going to be some teams moving up. Uh, he'll he'll go in the top five. Yeah, but. the popular pick is the Texans. You know, like they mm-hmm. need a quarterback. I mean, right. that's uh, I could see him going there. Yeah. Uh, and and short, if he's not short answer, short answer not, is, I don't know what these NFL teams are going to do. I don't know. Well, it so. depends on the team too, because I think they maybe approach it. One team might look at him and be like, "This dude is five ten. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, another team might look and say, yeah, he's five ten. I don't care. He's got twenty five games worth of elite play." on tape uh, against true. high caliber college competition, like, you know, ball's ball. Uh, I, you know, I don't care if he's six, six or five, six other, you know, so it'll depend on who's picking when I can't imagine him falling out of the top five, but I don't know that he'll be, uh, you know, I don't know that it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to be the first pick. Yeah, I would agree. All right. And then the last Alabama question was, uh, I don't know if you've noticed any of these rumors on Twitter or anywhere, but uh, there's a lot of rumors flying around about Jeremy Pruitt potentially coming back to Alabama as the defensive coordinator. I, I'm a little bit, and obviously this email I've got, he was in favor of it. He's mm-hmm. like, would love to see that. I wouldn't hate to see it just on a pure coaching ability slash recruiting ability standpoint. Like, right. I mean, he led the number one defense in the nation for two years between 16 and 17. But the problem with Jeremy Pruitt is that I don't even know if they can hire him because right. and that's the, 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 the investigation 
uh, that's still going on with Tennessee and him. I mean, he may get a show cause penalty, and that would make that would make it to where Saban would have to like go and lobby for him to the NCAA to show cause why those penalties shouldn't be carried over. Right. And I guess which, you could argue, which, which given what's been reported, would be a uphill battle. Well, I, I don't know. I just paying kids has been going on since the beginning of fucking time, man. And I just I'm not gonna get in a, my underwear in a bunch over him handing some kids some cash. I don't give a shit. I mean, whatever. Well, I don't either. I mean, but you know, the rule is the rule, right? I, I acknowledge the fact that there is a rule and he broke it. If he is on their short list, I think I think the the only thing that would be stopping them is, hey, how is this going to work? Or you know, is Greg Sankey even going to allow us to hire him with this hanging over his head, right? Because that was an issue with Hugh Freeze a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, that type of thing. So as far as what they that defense would look like under him, yeah, he'd be fine. He'd be. I think they would see improvement, and he would play the type of defense that they would want to play, and the fans would want to see, and would maybe be more successful. Yeah, I think that's where we're at. <laughs> I think you know a lot of Alabama fans have this uh, holier than thou approach to football now because they've been so good for so long. But I think there are a you know, a certain contingent of them were like, I don't give a shit what his past is. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit that while he was at Tennessee, he was talking shit about Alabama, you know, that kind of thing. I don't care. Just bring him in. We need some freaks on defense. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, Trump's everything. If I'm them, I I think my first call is Will Muschamp. And I agree. That would be mine as well. Maybe they made that call already for all I know. I I just, but Pruitt would be similar, um, as far as I think the mindset that he would instill on their defense. Oh yeah. And I mean, must champ he's coached with Saban before as well. And I would, I would agree with you. That would be my first call would be must champ. I think he's uh, fiery, got an attitude, that kind of stuff and doesn't come with all the baggage. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with the Pruitt. I don't know. Uh, That investigation still pending and, you know, knowing the NCAA, it'll be a while yeah. before it's resolved. Right. So, and, and, if they, and if they want to hire him, they should just go hire him because the NCAA is not going to adjudicate that quickly. That's it's true. It's already been two years. Yeah. And by that time, I mean, by the time the season's over, or whatever, if you've won two national championships and the NCAA is like, we want to vacate them. It's like, so fucking what, you know, we already made all the money. Thanks. All right. Now this next one, this is actually a really interesting one, and I'm gonna let I'm gonna lend, uh, let you take this one because I already sort of have my opinion. But uh, this says, "What offensive coordinator will have the biggest impact on their new team? Uh, Longo at Wisconsin, Bryles at TCU, or Riley at Clemson?" It, it, Riley at Clemson. It's easy. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that any impact that Kendall Bryles going to TCU to replace Garrett Riley is necessarily in the positive. It's going to be very similar. So I don't just don't know that it's going to be better. Um, I think him taking his offense to Clemson provided they have the receiver talent, which they should, they have a chance to be very, very, very good on offense. I'm not sold on installing the air raid in the big 10 West in one off season <laughs> and, and being, and being like real successful. Well, yeah, that that's my whole thing. It's like, wh- who's going to have the biggest impact? It's like, eh, I mean, the air raid well, I mean, at Wisconsin, that's a pretty fucking big impact. How successful it's going to be, well, I feel okay. like, is a, is a different discussion. Yeah, I guess I'm using those words interchangeably because if they go out and average you know, 21 points a game again or whatever, then it's not very impactful, right? Right. Um, I So, you know, over a three-year stretch, he has a chance to make a real big difference there. I don't know that they're 
going to be where they want to be next season. I think in terms of biggest impact on the 2023 season, I think Garrett Riley going to Clemson and improving them on the offensive side of the ball. Because then you're talking playoff contender if they get good on offense. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you on Bryles at TCU. I think it'll be pretty similar. Not that big of an impact losing uh, Garrett Riley, but gaining Kendall Bryles is those two are interchangeable to me. Yeah, they're it both feels excellent. like a wash at best. Right. They're they're both excellent offensive coordinators. I don't want to take anything away from either one of them. So, but you know, Longo going to Wisconsin is just mind boggling to me. Like I can't yeah. even wrap my head around what that offense is going to look like. So I, I'm really excited to see that. I, I truly it'll am. Be, it'll be interesting. I'm just not sure yeah. how good it'll be. Yeah, me either. I don't know. They're going to have to find some receivers that can uh, run faster than a 4-7-40. But uh, we'll see what happens. All right, the next one, uh, let's go down south here. Uh, this is a South Carolina question. Mm-hmm. I wish Timmy were here. It says, okay, guys, in, uh, guys, enjoy the stock watch segments. Where are you guys at on South Carolina after this latest transfer portal window window has closed? And how many games are we winning next year? Oh boy, that's I'm I'm a couple months out from being able to answer the last part of that. Transfer portal developments from what I have followed, not great. Uh, I know they lost Jaheim Bell, the tight end. Uh, he went to Florida State. They've lost some other guys and yeah. I don't know them all. I mean, there's like I think I read last week there was somewhere around 1800 or 1900 players in the transfer portal or had entered the transfer portal during that window. So obviously trying to keep track of who's in and who's out is becoming a losing battle. About the best you can hope for is like, well, who's doing really well and gaining guys in the transfer portal and who's doing poorly like Texas A&M. I think last I saw they had lost 23 guys. Mm. But as far as each individual team, eh, I don't know. I, the I'm going to lean it's trending downward a little it, it bit. This feels year. like it's trending downward, and I don't yeah. know offhand how they did as for in terms of high school recruiting. But but I will say this: uh, Shane Beamer has outperformed everyone's expectations both years he has been there. So I'm not saying he's like completely earned the benefit of the doubt. But if he had to swing, like you know, you had to fall on one side of the fence or the other. You know, his his, his trend is exceeding expectations, right? Falling towards the over. Well, in case you were wondering, the current recruit, uh, the 2023 recruiting rankings, they have 23 commits. They have the number 16 class, 13 four stars. So pretty impressive. You know, yeah. Uh, so solid. But then you look at where that ranks them in the AC or SEC, and it's probably something like that. Yeah. Seven. They're behind, they're behind Florida, Texas A&M, Tennessee, LSU, and Georgia and Alabama. So, okay. So the seventh. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I would say trending downward, maybe. Well, okay, here's a good way to put it. I don't think they'll be much worse than they were last year, but I don't know how much better they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And also their schedule is not very favorable, to be honest. I mean, they yeah. played North Carolina in week one. Uh, <laughs> they got Georgia in week three on the road. That's a loss. Mississippi State at home could be a win. And then they go on the road to Tennessee as well. I'm going to chalk that up as a loss. Then they get Florida at home at Mizzou at Texas A&M. That's a pretty brutal you know, schedule for a team like South Carolina. So and then not to mention they close the year with Kentucky and Clemson, both mm-hmm. at home. I'm going to say it's a step back from eight and four just, you know, initially. And I don't know. And I, we do have to give them credit because we said the same thing going into the year was like, Hey, we, they could be better. Yes. But their record might not reflect it because they, they caught some teams on the downside 
in, in 2021, but they were better and the record was better and their schedule last year was no cakewalk either. So, you know, and they, they won some games that we didn't expect them to win and, and outperformed. It's kind of a theme. So I'd be interested to see what their, what their total comes out to, but it wouldn't shock me if they went eight and four again, kind of based on what they've done with what they've got. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, the <laughs> Last but not least, I managed to dig this up. Our favorite listener who does deserve naming is that damn guy. Yep. And for those of you, this is the first time listening to the show. That damn guy is our uh, most interactive listener. He emails mm-hmm. us quite often. He has, By far. he has some very hot takes. He's a big Notre Dame guy. And uh, we love our interactive fans that we have. We do have a few who interact with us on Twitter and via email. And uh, that damn guy, uh, he comes in with some hot takes here. It says, uh, South, End Zone, South End Zone pod guys. I'm proud of my Irish in year one of the Freeman era. However, we're eager to see big improvements in 2023. Hartman is an immediate impact guy. and We've got skill around him. My question is Notre Dame in the playoffs in 2023. Lastly, if I hear someone utter the words Ohio State or Michigan <laughs> this offseason, I'm going to hurl. Big Ten football is a step above Pop Warner. Go Irish. <laughs> um, oh, man. Big Ten and Pop There's always Warner. a lot to unpack with that damn guy. Um, yeah. So like the first three quarters of that, I, I pretty much agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I think Notre Dame does have a lot to be proud of with the year they played in year one of the Marcus Freeman era. And I think Sam Hartman is an immediate upgrade at quarterback form and they do have talent around him and I expect them to be better uh, in terms of playoff. You know, they're certainly in the discussion, I think. Well, uh, let's see. This year they play Navy, Tennessee State, NC State, Ohio State, Central Michigan, Duke, Louisville, USC, Pitt, at Clemson. Man, at Clemson and Ohio State at home, at NC State, that's really all the tough ones that I see because, I mean, Wake Forest is going to regress, not to mention Sam Hartman is playing at Notre Dame now. Yeah. At Stanford, that's a win. USC, so USC, Ohio State, Clemson. That's really about it for their schedule. So, I mean, I'm going to say they could beat all three of those teams. I don't know. I mean, bottom line, they're going to have to go 11 and one if they want a shot at the playoffs. Yeah. So, okay, here it is. Because I, I know we've talked about this in the group chat a little while back and I found it. So, um, yeah, at, at Clemson obviously has the potential to be a, a, a tough, tough game. And now USC at home, boy, uh, USC, I think, is a question mark. It, it, are they going to be able to play defense? So you got to figure between Ohio State, USC, and Clemson, they got to win two or three out of those. They should be favored in all of their other games. Well, I look at it this way. Here's how I look at this. I look at Notre Dame and I see USC and Clemson on their schedules, okay, and Ohio State. Ohio State Notre Dame was an extremely close game last year. Mm-hmm. Add Sam Hartman to that game. Yep, and they win. They probably win. Yeah, uh, they USC drummed Clemson this year. Yeah, they drubbed Clemson already. Then you look at USC, also an extremely close game, and you add Sam Hartman to that, it's much closer, probably. So I'm going to sit here and say, you know, there's a chance they could go 12 and 0, but you know, yeah, it, no, if they if they go all order, it is, but I mean, they go 12 and 0 on that schedule. My surprise factor is like maybe five. I mean, they're a really good team. Yeah. And I mean, you, you talk about road games. I mean, the tough road games that they have at Clemson, end of list. 
<laughs> you know? Right. So I, I think it's pretty favorable, man. I, I, I like the Irish. I think I've, I've always said that Notre Dame is one of those teams that's a quarterback away from being an elite national championship contender. Mm-hmm. And now they have the dude, they have the quarterback. And if he's healthy, I feel like they'll be in the conversation. I mean, I just, I feel like the talent around them, especially on defense is good enough to compete with the big dogs. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think uh, I'm trying to remember what I had them on my way too early top 10. Uh, I can tell you. Hang on. I no, I got it. I got it right here. I got them at, oh man, I have them all the way down at nine. <laughs> no, no respect. Eight, eight. Okay. All right. Yeah. You had them at, uh, I but, had them at nine. You had them at eight. Yeah. But the two teams directly in front of them on mine, uh, they play. So they obviously, they have a chance to move up. So right. yeah, I think, I think playoff is a definitely a, a reasonable goal for them. And I think if they go 11 and one on that schedule, they would probably get in <laughs> that damn guy. He's sick of hearing about Ohio state uh-huh. and the fact that they get the benefit of the doubt. That's something we discussed. You know, I mean, we talked about it off pod, like Notre Dame fans are the last people that should be talking shit about other teams getting the benefit of the doubt in the playoff system. Right. Like I would almost rather listen to Oklahoma fans talk like that <laughs> before Notre Dame fans, but it's close. It, it's just, you sorry know, that damn guy, but uh, yeah, that's my one, I would be my one gripe with, with uh, that gentleman in particular. So that's going to wrap up the mailbag, Eric. So I guess we're going to take a break real quick and then we will get into uh, your gloating segment uh, on the second half of this show. Can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Read that ad fast. Oh, man. (laughs) But in the meantime, let's talk about our corporate sponsor, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, So there's four NFL teams left, two conference championship games, obviously, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Countdown to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. If you're not a new customer, you can still feel the conference championship game thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays and take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. All right, Eric, Chiefs, Bengals, Eagles, Niners. What do we like? San Francisco is a two and a half point dog to mm-hmm. Philly, and Kansas City is a one and a half point dog to Cincinnati. And I think that is largely probably uh, due to the fact that uh, Patrick Mahomes has a high ankle sprain yeah. and is questionable for that game. Yeah, I don't know that there's much question that he'll play personally, but uh, I do like Cincinnati. They seem like they're on a bit of a mission, carrying a little chip on their shoulder with the whole neutral site, you know, and they're, they're playing really well. Uh, so I think I like Cincinnati and San Francisco this weekend. Yeah, it, it's hard for me to bet against uh, Kansas City. It's hard for me to, to bet against Mahomes. I, I would lean towards, you know, if Mahomes plays and is healthy enough to move around well, I would you know, bet on Kansas City, probably getting the nod there. But I like Philadelphia to win it all, man. I think that uh, this could be the week where Brock Purdy gets exposed a little bit for San Fran. But for the listeners now, to get in on this action with DraftKings, you've got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championship games and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply there, so make sure you check out our show notes for those details.
All right, welcome back to the South End Zone. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. All right, Eric, it's, it's time for you to uh, shine. It's it's your gloating time, your best bets of the offseason, or, well, preseason, I, I guess I should say. We're going to talk about the Big Ten win totals, and we're going to do it like we always do. We're going to go over the ones we unanimously hit first and the ones we unanimously missed which there's only one of those, I believe. And then yes. the ones we disagreed on, which there's a handful of. Yeah, there's not so, very many. Most of these we unanimously hit. Okay. At least a lot. Uh, All right. So I'll go ahead and get it out there for the listeners right out of the gate. Okay. I went eight and six in mm-hmm. the Big Ten on win totals, which is yep. not great, Bob. Barely broke even. Yeah, 57%. Uh, you, you made a little bit of money. Yeah. I, well, I mean, with the juice, I actually lost a little bit of money. So... You know, you got to be above 60% if you want to pay out pretty much uh, with the juice. Uh, so I went eight and six. Timmy, however, was mm. on fucking fire. He went 12 and two. Amateur. Yeah. <laughs> because, and Eric says amateur because Eric, you went 13 and one. Sure did. And the only team that you missed on is one we all unanimously missed on. Yeah. And I don't feel bad about that pick. Like, yeah, you know, we talk process results. I like, I don't, well, I think, think they I far exceeded sort of grievous error. Yeah. Yeah. I think they far exceeded everyone's expectations, but we'll talk about who that is in a minute. So, uh, the ones we unanimously hit on, let's start at the top here with the highest win total Ohio State over 10 and a half. We all unanimously pretty much every year take the over on Ohio State because mm-hmm. Ohio State and over win totals is pretty much a guarantee every year if it's less than 11. <laughs> yeah, I think it's nine out of 10. Yeah. Last, yeah. last nine out of 10 years. Yeah. So I just, so, yeah, couldn't find a second loss. Yeah. What are you going to do, man? It's, uh, you know, we expected them to beat Penn State and Michigan was a toss up. So, yeah, we're going to take, uh, and we expected them to beat Notre Dame. And you predicted them to go 15 and 0, by sure the did. way. Yeah. And that did not work nope. out in your favor. We, I mean, I, I don't feel like there's much to talk about with Ohio State. We've talked about them at length. Oh, we do need to sign, assign them a grade for the mm-hmm. season. And I'm going to assign them a B plus. Yeah. I, probably something like a B or a B plus. Yeah. I'm going to say B plus because you did not beat your biggest rival. You did not go to the conference championship and you did not win your playoff game. Now, granted, yeah. the, I thought they acquitted themselves nicely in the playoff game. Even yeah, though they, it I was mean, a they loss. gave Georgia the best game that they've had all year. But Correct. at the end of the day, like, even though you have those, uh, it's either 10 or 11 double digit wins, you still gave up 90 points in your last two games. That's terrible. That'll kill us. That's what yeah. keeps it from being an A. Yeah, I would agree. So B plus for Ohio State. We all hit on that over 10 and a half. Easy payday. All right. Next one we unanimously hit on. This one I felt like was pretty easy, man. Maryland five and a half. We all projected them to get to a bowl game and yep. they did. Yeah. Seven and five on the year. Um, yeah. I think my overpick, if I remember right, was probably mostly schedule driven and I thought they'd be pretty good on offense which if you can be good on offense in the Big Ten, especially with their crossover games with the West you can go win seven games. Yeah. I mean, it was largely schedule driven, but I mean, Maryland this past year, they did have some just dudes at wide receiver and tongue of Alois, you know, back there slinging it around. He's not terribly accurate. Does throw quite a few picks here and there, but they let him sling it. You know, they're yeah. going to let him go out and throw for 3,800 to 4,000 yards. And 
when you've got big time athletes at wideout and you play teams like Nebraska, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I mean, they gave Michigan fits. They mm-hmm. gave Michigan a tough game. I mean, I watched that game. It was an ugly, ugly game for Michigan. And they, you know, came back and won there at the end, just like they did against Illinois and a couple of others. But five and a half total, they win seven games. I'm just going to say B minus. Yeah, B minus probably. They, they didn't like blow me away. Like I'm not like thoroughly impressed with the the state of you know their program or the year they had. They were a decent football team, but yeah, like how how hepped up do I need to get about that? So yeah, <laughs> B minus. Yeah, agree. Uh, solid B minus there for going to a bowl game and exceeding expectations. All right, next one we unanimously hit on was Rutgers. We all took the under four and a half here, and Rutgers is. A dumpster fire, and this yeah. was an easy payday. Yeah, it was. I'm taking under on Rutgers until further notice. <laughs> there's, there's my analysis of their year. Uh, they're just they're terrible. I don't know how so, they won four games. I, you know, it, it's pretty mind blowing. Honestly, they like it, it. We were in danger there for a hot minute, but uh, they yeah about a, about a quarter and a half, I think. Yeah, and they they closed out the season with I believe six straight losses. Yep. So. Um, not great for them, but, uh, I, I mean, I'm, what can you assign other than an F? I mean, could it be a D minus? Do they get a passing grade for four wins? They, I mean, they shouldn't, but if they're, if their number is four and a half and they get to four, I don't think we can flunk them. You know, if they, if, true. if they'd have gone out, you know, gone out and gone two and 10, that might be a different deal, but, uh, yeah, you know, they, they had true. a chance to go over. So I'll pass them, but, you know, Straight D at best. Mm, yeah, I'm going to go D minus. You get a passing grade for being within one win of your Vegas total. So we'll see uh, what happens with them next year. Another four and a half that we all took the under on was Indiana. They lost Michael Penix. They lost Kalen DeBoer, obviously, mm. uh, a couple of years ago. And since that time, Indiana has not been good. And we saw what Michael Penix looked like last year. And then this year they had uh, Connor Bazelak transfer up there and that did not go well. So I don't know, man, F I, I have to give them an F they just suck They're They need to do something different. So they had a four and a half win total and they also went four and eight. So just like Rutgers, um, I'm going to give them an F in this case because they should not have gotten to four wins. Week one, they played Illinois, and they were the beneficiary of two pretty impactful calls, one of which took, <sighs> took a touchdown off the board for Illinois. Oh, man. I do that, remember that. That 100% was a catch. Um, oh, yeah. And they they were a 4 so they cheated. So they, they cheated on their, on their exam, and because of that, they're getting an F. That's well, they didn't saying. cheat. They just, they're claiming a 4-8 <laughs> and record, and they really should be 3-9. and nine. And <laughs> And the games they lost, they just got dog. I mean, <laughs> they were never in any. Yeah. So I, I will, I will fail them because Oof. this is the second year in a row that they've been shit terrible. Oh man. Yeah. They were even worse last year. I mean, they were what two and 10 or one and 11 last year. Oh God. Man. I don't remember. I, I know they lost double digits. I just don't remember. Ugh, it was cares? 10 or 11. They suck. All right. Uh, next one. We took the under. We all took the under on Wisconsin at eight and a half. We expected them to get to maybe eight wins at best. And, uh, that you know, it, for me, it was Graham Mertz. I was mm-hmm. not buying Graham Mertz. I was like, if he's the dude, I'm not buying Wisconsin. I'm out. Not and at that not number, only, no. 
not only did they not get to eight or to nine wins, they fired their coach in what week three, four. It was early, like yeah, that. three or four. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was shortly after Scott Frost got let go. I want to say yeah. maybe within a week. Okay, well, it, yeah, it would have been like week five or six. Yeah, something along those lines. And so they fire their coach. They get a little extra credit for hiring Luke Fickle, you know, before the season is even over, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them a solid C minus for realizing that sometimes you don't need to hire internally and the problem is with your current staff and you need to go out and get a dude who's actually a winner. And I feel like Luke fickle is a winner. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give him a D grade for the season, but I'm going to bump him up to a C minus for the extra credit of hiring Luke fickle. Yeah. C minus, I think is fair. They weren't, they weren't God awful. I mean, they finished six and six. Yeah. Uh, I just, I could not bring myself to take over eight and a half with their quarterback situation. I just, you know, I thought they would get to seven, maybe eight. I just, I had no confidence in nine and three for them. But six and six, they weren't awful. Uh, yeah, well, and minus. frankly, we, you know, one of the wins that we expected was Washington State. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Washington State went on the road and beat them, which mm-hmm. they're in turn kind of, you know, it that like when that happened, I felt really good about our under eight and a half. <laughs> I was like, Ugh, man, these guys, they don't. Oh, care. I felt I felt good about it way before that. But yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, let's move forward a little bit here. Okay. Oh, man, this one. Easy, easy money. Nebraska, seven mm-hmm. and a half. Still don't understand how Vegas came up with a number of seven and a half for Nebraska, but we were not buying it. We all took the under, and it was easy fucking money. Yeah. I, and I, I, so I was the one who expected Nebraska to be better. You did. You said they could get to seven or eight wins, but you weren't no. willing to bet on it. I said I thought they should get bowl eligible and could win seven games. Yeah. I didn't think they would go eight and four, um, obviously, because so I took the under. But you know, we and we talked about them at length multiple times, right? Three and nine a season ago with all those one score games, and you're thinking, God, to just win half of those and you're going to a bowl game. But in a lot of ways, this season was actually worse. Uh, even though they had a one-game improvement record-wise, they just Matt Rule has some work to do. So, <laughs> yeah, some. I mean, the uh, Georgia Southern and Clay mm-hmm. Hilton going up there and just absolutely just oh, running God. up and down the field. Yeah. Yes, I mean they had they ran for like three hundred and seventy yards on them or something. Yeah. It was well, they, crazy. they threw for a bunch. Yeah, you you can't give up forty something points to Georgia Southern at home. <laughs> no, you can't do it. So, Not in front of a sellout crowd, man. No, God and bless I watched, the Nebraska fans. I watched that game, and I that's every time I watch Nebraska lose a game they shouldn't. I just sit there and think, God, I just my respect for that fan base grows. It does, um, man. Like I, I wish so. Like, God, they they much, deserve so much more. They than, do. They do. I mean, I, I I'm not over here like playing a pity party for them, but man, they sell out every week and they show up. I just want to be like, get the wallet out and get a championship caliber coach over there. And you know, Matt Rule, we'll see. Maybe they did get the checkbook out for him a little bit. You know, kudos to them. They, they definitely got the checkbook out. And I do yeah. think that they will be better with him going forward. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the jury's still out. I am not that sold on if he's going to take them to where they want to go, which is playing Big Ten title games, going to a playoff here and there. I, you know, I, 
Yeah, jury's still out on that. I, I'm. I mean, we'll see how quick the turnaround is. We do live in an era where quick turnarounds are much easier yeah. to pull off, uh, given transfer portal. But you know, they haven't really been uh, lighting it up in the portal, I guess. But they are, you know, doing some things with some NIL and starting to come off. Yeah, that. they are. They they pulled a couple of guys in that have the potential to be very impact players in that division. So yeah. it's just a matter of how quickly he can put it together. I do think they'll be better than four and eight though. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I mean, but, I but them on their schedule. season. Yeah. I, you got to give them enough. Oh like, yeah. You, ha- you have to. Yeah. yeah. Well, they get an F it's a similar situation to Cal for me. Like you, you get an F before the season started because you brought back Scott Frost and then okay. you fired him in week three. <laughs> like, yeah. You just, you, you've already failed. Like you brought him back. You knew it was going to be a shit show and it was. I mean, they no. lost to, they lost to this next team that we're going oh. to talk about in Dublin, Ireland. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I was like, "It's over. It's already yeah. over." That and was so, that was a bad omen for Scott it, Frost. That it game. was so. Northwestern under four and a half. I mean, I, like I say, this was a pretty easy pick for all of us. I think they had basically no talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming in no quarterback the it was just it was a nightmare all around for northwestern but all in all not unexpected so i'm going to give them just a d and pass them because we expected them to be terrible and bring in a d for the year this is just one of those years man like normally you're really academically superior to most of your competition because you outperform expectations but this year not so much yeah no i'll give them enough Four four and a half, and they win one. They they went zero and eleven on U.S. soil. They're the only <laughs> winless team, uh, the only team in college football that did not win a game in America this year. That's not good. So uh, watching that Week Zero game between Nebraska and Northwestern, I was like, I I felt really good about one pick at the end of that game, and I felt a little nervous about my Northwestern under. I was like, Oh God, can they? Can they go out and win five? They could not go out and win five games. Uh, no. They were in, never in any danger of winning five games. It's pretty so, wild, man. I wish they would have played all their games in Ireland. Because, yeah, man, who they, knows? They, look, they looked like a competitive football team against Nebraska, and then they came out and did not win another fucking game. Yeah, they're 4-20 and 20 <sighs> their last two years. He, you almost have to wonder about Fitzgerald. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think they suffer from a very similar situation as Stanford yeah, and so you know, with the academic uh, requirements there, so we'll we'll see. But I like Fitzgerald. I think he's a good coach. He, you know, pretty consistently overachieves with the players that he has. But I think uh, transfer portal is going to be the death of them. So it's just moving forward. It doesn't look good to me. No, but uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go D minus, and you're going with an F. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's all the ones we unanimously hit on. The only one that we unanimously missed on was Michigan at nine yep. and a half. We all took the under. I'm with you. I don't feel bad about this pick, given no. that, that we had two new coordinators on yep. each side of the ball. We had a ton of turnover on the defensive side of the ball vis a vis draft and graduations and transfer portal and other things. I, banner year for Michigan, even mm-hmm. with the loss to TCU in the playoffs. I mean, I got to give them an A. I'm not going to give them an A plus but I'm going to give them a solid A. Well, yeah, I'll give them an A. I mean, they they beat the brakes off of Penn State, who was a 10-win team, and they drilled Ohio State. They went and won the conference championship game by however many points, 20-something, I think. No, and even in the TCU game, that was all – they didn't go out there and get beat. They just – it was kind of self-inflicted. So I, 
definitely an A or A minus given a lot of the question marks surrounding them. You know, first year starting quarterback. Yeah, um, you know, actually, I'm going to give them an A minus because they should have lost the Illinois game. The refs, true. The refs screwed Illinois in that game. Illinois should have beat them. Yeah, twice so. actually on consecutive plays. But yes, um, correct. Most ridiculous, egregious refereeing I've seen in a Big Ten football game, maybe in my life. Let's get to the ones we disagreed on. Michigan State. Yep. Oh, God. I took the over on mm-hmm. Michigan State. I I had way too much faith in Mill Tucker and his shorts, and it did not go my way. Michigan State was an absolute joke this year. I didn't like them to win eight games, but I certainly did not expect them to miss a bowl game. Yeah. I just couldn't take them at eight wins because the, their pass defense was so bad. And then they're losing the centerpiece of their offense, Kenneth Walker, from the previous year. And they won a handful of close games that I didn't see them necessarily repeating that. Yeah, I just I wasn't wild about seven and a half. I thought I they would be a little bit better in conference play than they yeah. were, but I also didn't expect them to go on the road and just get absolutely demolished by Michael Penix and Washington. Uh, That's true. I didn't necessarily see that one coming, but... I, I mean, mean, Michigan State was actually favored in that game, if you remember. They were like a seven and a half point favorite yeah. at Washington, and they got just destroyed. <laughs> so I, I actually bet that game on our pod. I picked mm. it, and it did not go my way. So... What are you going to do? I don't know, man. You guys both took the under and that hit for both of you. I looked like a complete ass there, but not as much of an ass as I think I look like here because uh, I took the under on Penn State at eight and a half. I expected them to go eight and four. And not only did they not go only eight and four, they went over by two games and got Mm -hmm. double digit wins and then thumped Utah in the bowl game. Yep. So one eleven games this year. Penn State, I mean, are we am I crazy to think that with everything they've got coming back, that arguably they should be the favorite in the East? Am I crazy? Uh I don't know about favorite, but I think you know, for them, their season boils down to Michigan and Ohio State. You got to beat one. And then the one you don't beat, however it shakes out, right, with the rest of that team's conference schedule. Um, but I expect Penn State to be really good. Next year, I love their running backs. They have the two true freshman running backs who were fantastic oh, yeah. this year. Just freaks, man. Um, Those dudes ex- look like future NFL guys. Yeah, excited to see the the new quarterback coming in. I think I, I spent a lot of the last two years feeling like that was what's holding them back a little bit. Yeah, but, agree. Uh, Similar to a Notre Dame situation. Kind of. Defensively, they were great. Yeah, Manny, Manny Diaz got, uh, got it done, acquitted himself well in that role. So I thought they had a really good chance to go win nine games and an outside chance to get to 10. Yeah. See, I just didn't uh, losing a guy like uh, Jahan Dotson. I, I did not buy the offense and I did not buy Sean Clifford. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Clifford played, you know, pretty well uh, overall. I think he exceeded the expectations that I certainly had for him. So yeah. Uh, and, and the one, know. the one game that gave me pause on picking over under on them was at Auburn. Because I didn't know what to make of Auburn. And once they went down there and beat those guys by like 30 in Jordan Hare, I was like, "Mm, over's (laughs) looking pretty sweet here. Like, this is a really good team. God, Brian Harson, worst hire in Auburn history. (sighs) Yeah, that, uh, like I say, I I did not have much faith in Penn State given that uh, James Franklin has like an ironclad contract and -hmm. there is no sense of urgency because they would owe him like $70 million if they fired him. Yeah, but guys like that still want to go win. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, let's move forward a little bit here. The next one we unanimously or did not agree on, uh, me and you agreed on it, and that was mm-hmm. Minnesota. Yep. Once again, Timmy uh, did not learn his lesson from last year, taking the under on PJ Fleck. And PJ Fleck, once again, goes over, barely squeaks yeah. it out, goes eight and four, gets Wins over win, seven baby. and a half. And we both uh, we both cover that. So yeah, and I actually kind of liked them to win this division. I thought I I was, if we're being honest, I was a little disappointed at eight and four. Like I thought they would be a nine, maybe ten win team. But well, I took Iowa to win the division, and that uh, we saw how that went. Yeah, and we'll speaking of <laughs> speaking of Iowa, uh, I'm the only one that took the over on mm-hmm. Iowa at seven and a half. You guys both took the under. They went seven and five, I believe. Is that correct? It is correct. Uh, so barely missed there. They had, correct me if I'm wrong, they were in the bottom three in total offense in the nation. Is that correct? They had. Right. Which is why I took the under because they were, they were awful on offense the previous year. And I was like, I, ah, you just, I don't, I think there's a shelf left on how many games you can go win with an offense. That's this bad, right. Regardless <laughs> of how good your defense is or how good your special teams are. Well, they did manage to beat Kentucky. So good yeah. for them. All right. So the grades that we've missed here, because we, oh, yeah. We've kind of moved forward. Uh, Penn State, I'm going to award them an A. Yep. Uh, just no A minus, no A plus, just an A. Same. Uh, you don't get an A plus because you did get dog walked by Michigan. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's really the only black mark on their record. They played Ohio State really tough and it just got away from them at the end. Yeah. And then they go and uh, win the Rose Bowl. So, you know, I'm going to give them a solid A on the season. Uh, Minnesota, a you know, they, they did uh, have some just absolutely abysmal quarterback play this year. Yeah. So the fact that they got to eight wins with that level of QB play, I'm going to give them a B plus, even if only at eight wins. I, I think I'm probably more in the B, B minus, because I did expect them to do better than eight and four, even then when they, they went over. Because uh, this is a team kind of like Kansas State, where I look yeah. like seven and a half. Come on, this is this should be a nine win team. They you just know? tend to, it, and it should, but they just tend to drop games they shouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't know why they do it, but they just they do it. Iowa seven and a half. I took the over. You guys took the under. Just based purely off the offense, you guys get an F because yeah. Brian. I mean, the, like the the offensive coordinator. What are we doing, guys? Like you get an F just because you're so fucking hard headed that you won't change. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm all about giving them an F because they had every indication that they were not going to be good enough offensively to compete in this division. It, it was right there in front of them, plain as day, as the nose on their face, and they ran the <laughs> same shit right back out on the field. And this may shock you, got the same result. Yeah. And so it, it's a definition of insanity. Yeah. They were lucky to win seven games with that offense. I'll tell you that. I agree. I mean, they, they won a couple of games based off defensive scoring alone. So mm-hmm. pretty wild. Uh, yeah. all right, and, and the other reason I'd give them an F is because going into the final week, they held the tiebreaker over all these other seven and four teams. All they had to do was beat Nebraska. <laughs> I believe at home, uh, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> three three win Nebraska at the time, yeah. by the way. Yeah, four, four and seven Nebraska. You just got to beat Nebraska. That's all you got to do. Couldn't do it. F. Nope. <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. All right, last couple here that we uh, disagreed on. Illinois, Mm -hmm. another one that I missed, and you guys both took the over on. 
four and a half. I thought the party was over for uh, Bielma, but uh, the party continues. Bielma bus was on fire there for a few weeks this season. And I'll be damned if that, I mean, they, they should have had a better record like we discussed earlier because they right. should have been Michigan. So, and like you say, the Illinois, Indiana, they were a beneficiary of that as well. So Illinois, man, they got the shaft this year. They ultimately. did for, I'll tell you what, they, for a four and a half win Vegas total, which I thought was low. Cause I, I thought they would make a bowl game. Uh, they easily could have, and you could argue should have won 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they they got hosed a lot. So uh that was definitely my worst pick of the Big Ten, that and Penn State, definitely. But as far as Illinois and their expectations go, I'm gonna give them an A minus, I mm-hmm. think. You know, like I said, they they got screwed a couple of times, and because of that, I'm gonna give them A minus. Like if they would have lost those games outright, it was not in question of whether or not it was a bad call, then I would say B minus. But the fact that they should have won two extra games. Right. A-. One of them against a twelve and zero Michigan team. Yes. Yeah, I definitely give them an A minus because they you know, they almost doubled their their preseason win total. Correct. Like that's yeah. a successful season. You go and you you exceed expectations by that much. Indeed, and they've been doing some good work in the portal as well. So it'll be really interesting uh, going forward what they look like next year uh, for the for the my bus. And then the last one was the Big Ten West champ Purdue. And Timmy correctly predicted them to come out of the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, way to go, Iowa. You couldn't beat Nebraska. You sorry sacks of shit. Yep. Did it to yourselves. Yeah. And you guys both took the over on Purdue. I was not in favor of this because I feel like Jeff Brom already had one foot out the door, which was, you know, proved to be correct. <laughs> so I, what are you going to do? But uh, I took the under seven and a half. You guys took the over and that hit for you. And they won. What'd they go? Eight games? Did they win eight? Eight, four. Yeah. Eight, yeah, and, four. eight and four. Yeah. So um, this is one. And I didn't, I didn't feel great about it at the time. I was, I was like really on the fence and I was like, eh, probably win a game. They shouldn't, I guess. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're the only team in this division that plays any sort of offense so that you can steal a game that way against some of these teams just by, if you can get to 21, you're in really good shape. They played, and I don't know if it was week one or two, they played Penn state um, and should have won that game. They completely mismanaged that one. That was the one that they're up. Oh God. The they, they threw worst, it. I, I think yeah, they threw worst. it 14 out of 15 of their last plays with the worst game management in the history of football. Oh, yeah. God. They lost that one. I was like, boy, I'm done. If that's how they're going to play. No, no chance. And I was actually yeah. sort of surprised that that I wa- fell yeah. into that one. Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure that that one was just mind boggling. Uh, looking back on that, man, God, we need to do an episode of just the biggest, uh, biggest like coaching fails that are just oh. so mind boggling that you know you can't even wrap your head around it. I'm sure we could come up with a handful of them, but all in all. Purdue, you did win the West, but not because you did anything great. I'm going to give you a solid C plus on the year. Yeah, I think winning your division and playing in the conference title game, it has to get you to a B, even though you got thoroughly worked. I mean, that game, I don't think was ever in doubt. Really, the only question that game was, can Michigan cover, you know, 23 or whatever it was? Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I I guess I'd give them a B. They won twice as many games as they lost. They won their division, (sighs) but I'm just... I'll yeah, be on the under on them next year. I promise you that. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, without Jeff Brom, I don't know how much it's gonna, you know, how much they're gonna be able to do. Uh, but that's gonna wrap up the Big Ten. So overall, Timmy goes thir- thirteen or uh, 
sorry, 12 and two, you go mm-hmm. 13 and one, I go eight and six. So yep. I believe that'll pay. It will. Um, you know, yeah. If, if we go up to a window with these picks at the beginning of the year, we're cashing in a pretty healthy ticket on this, this conference. Agree. Now the conference that we're doing next week, uh, yes. I don't believe we're going to be cashing any tickets on this conference because we man, will not. Me. No, it's good we did well in the Big Ten because yeah, we have, we have some we have some errors to make up for. Oh my God, dude! The ACC, like I missed on so many teams. Oh my God, we did Notre Dame with this too, and I actually hit on them. Thank God, because if I would not have hit on them, I mean, holy shit, I would have went like four and oh my God, it's eleven. It's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's not good. So, and Timmy actually did worse than I did. Yeah, a lot of red on this page. Poor guy. So, we're going to dive into the ACC next week and get into the conference that we just completely shit the bed on. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can stop gloating after that because we got to close out with the SEC. And uh, yeah, I think me be- and Timmy. I think me and Timmy might have tied in the SEC, but neither one of us did good. I think we were around 500. So uh, I was well below 500 because, spoiler alert. Yeah, I believe I, you went 4 and 10 in the SEC. I, I got demolished in the West. So. <laughs> yeah, not good. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, and we thank our listeners for sending us the questions so much. Shout out to Alexandra on Twitter. She's a friend of the show. She sent like three of those questions. She's a good listener, very interactive. So we appreciate our listeners, and we appreciate DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring our show. You guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey Forty Seven. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. And we will be back with you next week talking ACC, probably somewhere around next Monday. So until then, catch you later on. Later. Thank you very much. Have a great day.